This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell in the studio today with the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. Last week, we spoke with the composer Lowell Lieberman about his new cello concerto, which receives its world premiere this weekend, October 27th and 28th, at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. You can find more information on that, by the way, at ToledoSymphony.com or at 419-246-8000. Now, this week, we are going to have a conversation with the cellist who will be performing Lowell's new concerto this weekend. That is cellist Julian Schwartz, who joins us right now on the phone. Julian, welcome to Toledo Symphony Lab. Thanks for having me. So, why don't we begin with um, your history with, with Lowell Lieberman. Is this the first time that you're playing his music? Actually, no, it's not. I um, this, I met Lowell in 2010 when I was playing a concerto with the Virginia Symphony. It was the Haydn Concerto in C, and before the concerto was a premiere of Lowell Lieberman's Third Symphony. Mm. And um, I had uh, been a big fan of his music prior, and I got to hear three performances of the Third Symphony, which I, I, I loved, and with Joanne Folletta conducting. And we were you know, staying in the same hotel, and, and uh, we, got to, uh, we got along famously, and yeah. we uh, really enjoyed each other then. And a few years later, we were both invited to the same chamber music festival, the Cape Cod Chamber Music Festival, where he was actually a composer-in-residence and mm-hmm. pianist. And there... I performed uh, his second piano trio with him and a violinist and um, a few other little pieces. And uh, um, recently, I've performed his uh, first cello sonata quite extensively, actually, in recital tours with my uh, pianist partner, Marika Bornaki. So we've really um, had had such, such fun and, and a wonderful relationship over these years. And it's always been my intention to somehow get him to write a cello concerto because he had not written one yet and uh, I just uh, such a big fan of his and and to be able to bring a piece like like this forward is is very exciting how did it transpire in the beginning uh, he was commissioned I assume did he uh, decide that it was going to be you to premiere it or what was your involvement well we because we're such close friends I I planted the seed early, which I said, maybe it was five years ago, I said, um, wouldn't it be something if you wrote a cello concerto? And wouldn't it be great if you wrote a cello concerto for me? And I kept planting the seed a little bit, and of course it's just, it's just talk. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you it's will a write a cello concerto. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> there were no threats, but, yeah. but um, I, I really was just, just so... Um, uh, excited at the possibility. Problem is that he's really famous, and he's yeah. he, he's, uh, he's he's well known all across the world. And he's written some of the most uh, famous uh, pieces. Uh, p- p- I mean, some of his um, like the piano piece "Gargoyles" is one of the most often per- performed pieces in the piano repertoire, actually. And uh, the, his his very famous flute sonata and flute concertos. There's a lot of music that. Um, and he's so often asked to write pieces. So to even get to get him free enough to write a piece for for a, especially a concerto, a 25 minute concerto, is difficult. So I just kept thinking about it and thinking, <laughs> and how could I do it? And the, the uh, a model, a 
for commissioning new works of music is to get many uh, parties involved. Right. Um, so what I did is I started putting feelers out, you know, and he has a huge following, and there are also people that that uh, um, that like me and want to have me play pieces. And the interesting thing about being a cellist is that um, though it has a lot of solo repertoire, the instrument, it doesn't have as much as the piano or the violin. Right. So if I go to a, a uh, um, uh, an orchestra and play the the few the standard concertos, then there there needs to be a future for for what I come back and do next. What what's what can be exciting? What can be interesting? And bringing a a, 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 a famous composer to write a cello concerto is is really is really the um, something I think that all the great soloists have done. Most notably, Mstislav Rostropovich, who who was responsible for the premiere and commissioning of both the Shostakovich concertos, the Prokofiev Symphony Concerto, and many others that are less well known. But those are standard repertoire now. So my my idea is to to uh, to try to commission the composers I love and believe in with the hope that someday they'll become part of the standard repertoire. Yeah. Zach, you have something you want to chime in with there? <laughs> One of the, the neat things, Julian, you might not know this, is that uh, our orchestra has a, a interesting relationship with Lowell Lieberman. So the, the last major piece that we were involved with as a commission was his Concerto for Orchestra, but that was 15 years ago. So wow. when the concept came up that we would be able to uh, to to work with another world premiere of his music, and uh, and that happened thanks to you, the uh, the the bookends are are remarkable because he was here 15 years ago. Um, that the uh, the intention at that point was that we would have concerti for orchestra coming out of many wonderful composers. And we kind of started it, and then we stopped it. So as we kind of re-engage with our sense of new commissions, the opportunity to work with Lowell again was was really kind of perfect. And, of course, the opportunity to work with you again is uh, is just a wonderful homecoming for for us and our relationship with you. Oh, that's really nice to hear. And Lowell told me that... Uh, the Toledo Symphony had premiered his concerto for orchestra, but I didn't know it was was so many years ago. It, yeah. was, um, it was really interesting. I, it, it was fortuitous. You have one of these sorts of um, synchronicity moments. Uh, so I've been president of the orchestra for a little over a year now, and before I took the job, I didn't even know about the job. I was reading Gramophone, and they interviewed Lowell about his career, and they asked if you had a piece of yours that you could call your favorite, your favorite child. You know, it's impossible to choose, but he said the uh, the concerto for orchestra, and it was premiered by oh, the Toledo Symphony. So. And I thought, well, you know, that's kind of neat to yeah. have that memory. And, and, and then alongside that, a uh, recording had come out that was recorded soon after the premiere, but it was not released for a number of years. Uh, BBC Symphony and, and Grant Llewellyn, who conducted the premiere here, had recorded it. So I picked up a lot up, of connections. Yeah, I picked up that CD, and then I end up coming to the orchestra. And as I'm cleaning up my office and moving in, I found a copy of the score uh, in in one of the cupboards, and that kind of led me to re re remember this work and uh, kind of re-engage with it. And then about two weeks later, um, the concept of, of uh, being lead orchestra and consortium for, for your cello concerto uh, ended up being just too perfect. So, Oh, that's, I'm so glad to know this, this the, the ins and outs, the, the details. That's such a great story. Yeah, coming Especially full circle. 
Go ahead. Yeah, it's totally coming full circle, and um, especially when when there's so many relationships. Of course, my relationship with with Yorkshire, having played uh, with the Toledo Symphony just a, just a few years ago in, in in the Haydn Concerto, and of course my relationship with Lowell and his relationship with you and the orchestra. And there's it's so so many facets to it, and I'm happy to say. The piece is incredible. I, I just yeah, let's I talk love about it. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, if we ask Lowell now, he may say that the cello concerto is his favorite piece. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but well, uh, you know, in, yeah. in some ways, I I I think that the relationship uh, with you know between composer and performer is very important, and not always is it such a close relationship like mine and Lowell's. So for him to to write a piece for me. I think there, there, there was. Um, he told me. He said, "This is one of these pieces I actually really want to write." <laughs> you know, because because um, not ev- not every piece has has enough, has that personal side to it. Um, and there are so many people asking Lowell to write music because they love his music and he's a famous guy. But but that we had that history, and I felt like he really he really composed the work with with my um, my sound in mind my my uh, approach to lyrical playing in mind and i just i think it's really one of his finest and his works and well he told us really that uh, the cello was one of his favorite instruments and that you know he's done a few cello sonatas he did a concertino which was i guess an orchestration of a cello sonata of the, yeah of the sonata i play actually yeah, yeah. but uh, this is his first cello concerto so he was really happy to do it and i'm sure his relationship with you played into that as well yeah i think so and it, and it's exciting because um you know there as far as as great uh, composers of this of, of our of this generation um well first of all there they're not many you know i mean there 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 aren't just in the history of music so many great composers um just coming out all the time but um if there are those composers certainly cellists would have asked them to to write pieces in the past and i think that that lowell's um lowell's knowledge of the instrument comes into play he's written four cello sonatas all of which i adore um but his first i've definitely played the most and the first sonata he wrote he was actually 17 years old yeah and he it was his opus three and he um, studied the piece, or he worked on the piece with David Diamond, who was a very uh, at Juilliard, who was Lowell's uh, composition teacher at Juilliard, and also happened to be a very close uh, friend of my family and sort of an almost grandfather uh, figure to me as as a young boy. Yeah. So um, there, there's there's that connection too, which is very special to me. Um, but even to see to see Lowell Lowell's voice change and develop over the course of his career like any great composer it's it's fascinating to me and and the the idea i mean i was talking to um uh, the conductor kevin rhodes which who's who's uh, going to perform this piece as another one of the orchestras uh, in the con- in the consortium in springfield massachusetts and i told him about it and he said oh my god we must do it because he premiered lowell's uh, second piano concerto and he thinks it's should already be part of the standard repertoire, and he was so happy. So, you know, people are excited about music that they love and music that's great, and, and yeah. I just couldn't be couldn't be happier. We're talking with the uh, cellist Julian Schwartz, who is premiering the cello concerto of Lowell Lieberman. Those concerts, we should mention, are October twenty seventh and twenty eighth 
It's at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Toledo Museum of Art Peristyle. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. Julian, uh, maybe not everybody knows that your dad is a famous conductor, Gerard Schwartz, and uh, has a big reputation for uh, doing new music, commissioning composers, and that sort of thing. Is your interest in new music kind of related to to his interest in new music? Were you raised with that uh, mission in mind? I think absolutely. I mean, I I was so lucky to to be raised with just music in general, you know, all the great... Um, composers of the past, but also, as you mentioned, my father's you know <laughs> tireless devotion to promoting composers he believes in and uh, composers of the 20th century American symphonists that have been completely neglected. So when I when I was uh, uh, growing up, I knew uh, names like Walter Piston and Paul Creston and David Diamond and Howard Hansen and these type of names, just like I knew Beethoven and Bach and Verdi. So I think there's there's a lot of um, there's a a lot of that which is that I never really grew up considering new music new and old music old. It was just all what I uh, had heard, um, and so in in this age, I think repetition is more important than ever for people to hear music more than once, hear it, um, and have it become part of of what they love. I was so lucky to be able to go to four symphony concerts a week when I was a kid, and through my teens, actually, because the symphony in Seattle did so many repeats. And if there was a new piece, after the week, it wouldn't be new to me anymore. You know, it would be part of my, it would be part of my, um, uh, the tunes I sang in the shower, it would be part of my consciousness. And so that's what I, what I love about, about uh, premiering new pieces. The mission is to, to make them not a you know a novelty or something that that happens once in a while, but but have it be part of um, my my career as it has been my my father's career, and to make it really um, uh, you know uh, uh, very important to those who who love who love music in general, not just contemporary music. Yeah. So what you're saying is that people should go see both concerts. That's exactly <laughs> instead what I'm of just one. Thank right? you, Brad. Or you know. Yeah. <laughs> As the recording of the concerto for orchestra, you know, you can just listen to it, and, and it be, can become as familiar to you yeah. as the Beethoven Fifth Symphony. And so that's what I'm doing currently with the concerto: is practicing it all the time and just mm-hmm. loving it yeah. more and more. So, describe the moment for us. How does the score make its way to you, and then what are you feeling when you first open it up and look at it? Actually, this is this is the probably the most excited and, and anxious I've, I've felt in receiving a new piece. Um, and what, what happens actually now, it's all via you know, email and um, in, a, in a PDF form. Oh, okay. I remember I was at um, the Eastern Music Festival in Greensboro, North Carolina this, this summer, and there was the due date for, for Lowell's piece. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to get the piece. And so he calls and he says, hey, you know, I'm still working on a couple of things. You, don't, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's wait a day. I'll send it to you tomorrow. <laughs> so then, so, of course, it's like waiting for something in the mail that comes a day late. You know, you're right. that much more excited. And then he finally sent, sent it to me, and it was in the middle of a concert. And I am ash- I'm ashamed to say that I... I left the concert. And, <laughs> and you weren't I performing, in, were you? I was not performing. I was not <laughs> performing. And I, and I dragged my, my wonderful uh, pianist uh, partner and, and girlfriend, Marika, with me. And we went into a practice room, 
and on my little iPhone, we opened up the 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 link, not the link, the, the attachment, and she played it on played the piano reduction on the piano, and I sang the the beautiful second movement melody and went through the whole piece like this way, and was just it was an incredible experience. It was really, I, I you know, it must have been what what the 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 great soloists of the past felt when they opened a piece of 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 a of a truly wonderful composer and yeah. uh, so that was that that was a moment that I'll I'll never forget and just being you know because it, it, you never know what you're going to get you know you commission a piece and you know what their the composer's work has been but you don't know what they're going to choose to write at that given time yes. and I wanted a piece that sounded like Lowell's voice and it it sounds like Lowell's voice and even more, you know, it's just yeah. everything I could have wanted. So that was, that was the, the experience of me getting the piece and it's so much fun. That's a great, uh, a great story. You mentioned Lowell's voice. Can you talk a little bit about his voice and the characteristics of his music for people that may be not familiar with it? Yes. Yes. Lowell's, Lowell's music, um, has a lot of variety. But there are there are certain things that that um, you can listen for. One is that he writes great melodies. Um, you know that's that's one thing that not not every not every composer has that gift, mm-hmm. and he has that gift. So, for instance, in this this slow movement, the second movement of the cello concerto, is just one of the most beautiful melodies I think he's ever written, um, and it's it, I sing it often. You know, just um, in my daily life, it's so it's so beautiful. Well, feel free so if you want to sing it for us. <laughs> We're all ears. No, no, but then the Toledo Symphony wouldn't be giving the world premiere. Ah, okay. You want to keep it's it keep it, a, the keep it under wraps. Yeah. No, but so that's one thing, which is that he he writes some at times hauntingly beautiful melodies, and. He's a romantic, you know, mm-hmm. not not as far as romantic music, but like a romantic guy, mm-hmm. and 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 he doesn't necessarily display that all the time um, when you speak to him. But when you hear the music, I mean, he, he he just has a you can just imagine the kind of heart that this composer has. It's hard to hard to hide when you write such beautiful music. And then there's a there's an element. Certain of his harmonies and certain of his rhythms are are quintessential. So. Um, uh, one one aspect of his composition is the use of uh, quintuplets, and so for for a, a listener who might not be be familiar with that, that means um, playing five notes in a pulse in a beat, right. which is which is uh, can lend itself to a very flowing manner, almost ethereal. So a lot of time, like in this piece, he uses a lot of uh, orchestral piano and harp. Which lends this sort of ethereal, uh, spooky quality to the the texture of the orchestration. Mm. So that's something that also. And then he writes great virtuosic music, which is that he writes a lot of um, uh, uh, perpetual motion for for uh, uh, for solo instruments, which basically just means fast notes, right. and they can be fiendishly difficult but very exciting to listen to. So as far as his concertos, you have these great melodies, you have this ethereal texture at times, and then you have also this, these great virtuosic um, uh, fast passages. 
How much time do you have to put into this, practicing-wise, before the premiere? Well, I mean, qu- quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the The interesting thing about learning a new piece is that it takes so much more effort and commitment than playing a piece that uh, you know and have known for a long time. Right. In the past couple of weeks, I've done the, the Elgar and the Saint-Saëns first, and those are pieces that I, you know, I could... If you woke me up in the middle of the night in a year, and I could play them, you know. So uh, I, those are the kind of things that, of course, I work diligently on them. But they are so ingrained in my, um, in 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 my my muscle playing memory. and yeah. yeah, muscle memory, but also uh, um, um, in in being able to sing. That's what I say. I only know a piece if I can sing it from beginning to end. Mm, so I I know those pieces so well. And so a lot of the time spent with a new piece is, yes, learning the notes, but also internalizing the work as a, as a whole and as a, as a work of art. Learning the notes isn't just isn't enough. There needs to be intense involvement. So every day I'm playing it, trying to make sure that it's ingrained and I can, because I'm, I'm the sort of the, the protagonist. I'm, the, I'm in some ways the, I need to embody the piece more than anybody. Yeah. Um, how, how do you uh, know when stage. you've gotten there, Julian? I'm thinking, you know, if you're playing Cezanne or Haydn, you know, by muscle memory, or Elgar for that matter, how do you know when, when you've gotten there with the Lieberman? A good when, when Lieberman says so. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of the, of the piece, in some ways I never, uh, I always feel like there's more to do because I'm, I'm a perfectionist and mm. I'm, uh, I'm constantly evolving. And I was saying, you know, last, last, uh, just a few days ago at a pre-concert lecture that I have recordings, live concert recordings of myself playing pieces over the past 10 years, especially something um, that, like the Elgar, which I've played many, many times, and it's constantly changing, I think for the better, but always developing and always, always growing and getting more comfortable and more secure and, and more experimental at times. And so it's hard for me to ever say that a piece is really cooked, but as far as I know, if I can... If I can sing, I, mean, I guess I'm talking a lot about singing, but it's like I tell my students, you get, if I can sing the whole piece, which I can at this point, then that really shows me that I, I, I have internalized it. And then what I do on the instrument to bring it to life is um, an ever-evolving exploration. Yeah. I love the story that you told about getting the PDF, and the question that popped into my head I've been thinking about here for the last couple of minutes is, what was the next step then for you? At what point did you go back to uh, Lowell Lieberman and, and say that you liked that? I mean, it's the kind of thing where you're like, maybe I should wait a couple of days before I write him back? <laughs> that's, that's, a, it, that's a good question, because right. I wrote him back immediately. Oh, okay. After I had went <laughs> gone through it. Because, you know, he's been, he was writing the piece for months, living with it, exploring it, and and um, f- finally to to send it to someone. I mean, he can't send it around because you can it, things can easily leak and get to right. others and, and 
and uh, uh, and it's a tricky business. So for him to get some feedback right away, I think it was uh, was was crucial. And I called him and left, you know, a, a, a almost squealing message about how <laughs> how happy I was and elated I felt because it was such an amazing piece. And then a few, uh, maybe two weeks later. I was coming back to New York City, and I went over to his home in Weehawken, New Jersey, and we had a great, great time playing it through together. He invited me over for lunch, and he had an assistant who had been working in putting this piece for, so, for the whole summer, and they had been involved in this piece, and to finally hear it come to life... Lowell played the piano part, and I played the cello part, and we went through it a couple times. It reminds me of that great Rostropovich story um, about him collaborating with Shostakovich on the first concerto, and they played it through, like I did with Lowell, first, Mm -hmm. and then they had vodka, and then they (laughs) played it through again, and then they had more vodka, and then the third time, they they played the Saint-Saëns concerto. (laughs) <laughs> one of the, they just thought it was a Sansons concerto, yeah, right, or something like that. But that's how they. I how sort of think that's goes. that should be a model for these concerts. You know, more vodka. Yeah, We're well, you play it once, you go out for a you know a, a tea break or whatever, what have you, and come back and play it again, <laughs> and then it you can do the Sansons. The yeah. yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> so, but so, no, it was just so much fun, and um, of course, I hadn't yet worked out all of the, the technical fireworks and such, but it was still it was still um, just, a, just a great afternoon. No <laughs> vodka, but... You know. Was there ever a point when you looked at Lowell and said, but no, 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 it goes faster here? Or do, do, you, do you defer to him um, as a composer, or, or do you feel like as, as the, the dedicatee that you, you, can, you can lead the narrative a little bit? Yeah, you're the one on stage, after all. Yeah, well, there is an element of that, which is that, you know, I mean, nothing, nothing you can do if I go out there and do <laughs> and just and play whatever. Um, but that's that's, um, that's if the composer is standing scary. up and waving his arms, you know that <laughs> maybe you should cool it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I guess it depends on the co- each uh, the composer. I've been lucky enough to to premiere a few pieces with orchestra and and um, even more with cello and piano. And it just depends. Some composers are uh, very wed to what they wrote. You know, that's that's how it is. Yeah. Um, and so other composers really uh, want advice, especially if they don't play the instrument. You know, a lot of um, I, I have yet to really work with a cellist composer. So most of the composers I've worked with are very flexible because they don't necessarily know the ins and outs of what is technically possible and what's not technically possible and what um, types of chords and and, and uh, uh, playing multiple strings at once, double stops and triple stops and such are possible on the instrument. So the, um, as far as Lowell's concerned, he was uh, very uh, accommodating to a few little things I had to say about this and that, but... Um, overall, it didn't really need much of my, my many of my changes. Yeah. So that was that was great that it was so brilliantly written for the instrument. But I didn't really have to um, change anything. There were a couple things that we discussed and exchanged, and he said maybe it's better like this. And I tried mm-hmm. it, and it was. And other things that weren't. And and then he sent me, sent me an updated version. But now we now we got it. And hey, when we're we're doing the the piece finally with the orchestra, it's a very exciting time. 
I'm sure there will there will be changes, you know, sure. and I'm sure yeah. there will be last minute tweaks of the orchestration or of my part, and hopefully nothing too drastic. But hey, cellist Julian Schwartz giving the world premiere of the Concerto for Cello and Orchestra by Lowell Lieberman. You can experience it live right there in the theater at the Toledo Museum of Our Paris Style this weekend, October 27th and 28th. Both concerts at 8 o'clock p.m. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or you can call the box office at 419-246-8000. Julian, uh, lots of fun talking about this. Can't wait to hear the piece and to hear you perform. And uh, thanks so much for spending time with us here on FM 91. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this week. Toledo Symphony Lab is generously underwritten by a gift from the estate of Barbara Garwood and is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at WGTE.org. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.